0: Welcome back to the Knock On Sports, and joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show from Montana Sports and down there in Missoula. It is Kyle Hanson. Kyle, great to chat with you again, man. How you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing well. Nice to chat with you again, and uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, things are going well heading into the holidays.
0: Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. So obviously, we in a way, and I'm hoping this works out for you as well. But I don't know; it may not work out for you since your TV. But it's kind of nice. I mean, to a degree, you might be able to stretch next week and the week after. In like a four day holiday going into the weekend, considering Christmas Eve, Christmas on Friday, then the weekend.
1: Yeah, I, that's it's about that. I have to, I do have to work next Sunday. Um, I've got some stuff planned ahead of time, so that will be pretty easy to take care of. But yeah, three days prior to that, I have it an off, and um, you will hear no complaints from me. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Well, Kyle, uh, let's go back to this past Wednesday night. Obviously, a big win for Montana Grizz basketball, uh, taking down a Pac 12 team, something they haven't done in nearly a decade, uh, taking down Washington here. How big was that win for the Grizz basketball team?
1: Well, it's huge. You know, and it's huge for a number of reasons. You know, the obvious one being that they just they beat a Pac 12 school. You know, it's the biggest conference on the West Coast for college athletics. Um, you know, they get two or three Packs games pretty consistently every year under Travis DeKear. They get, I think this is the fourth time they played Washington since he's been the coach. They get the Arizonas, the Oregons. You know, they get, they play these two schools and that's kind of how the Grizz want to measure themselves alongside, you know, whenever they do play uh, Mountain West Conference schools, which is more rare. So, I mean, it's big in that regard of just beating a school like, that. and then the other reason it's huge is just because it's just been kind of a weird season for Montana. You know, everything. Withstanding, you know, obviously with the pandemic and everything, it's just been kind of a weird year. They dropped two one-point losses to Southern Utah in a weird, fa- in weird fashion, with game-winning free throws. Um, obviously, even playing conference games at the beginning of December is just odd. So it's been weird like that. They've had, you know, they're uh, it's like aside from those two games, they've had already had three high-major games against USC, Georgia, and Washington. You know, so it's just been kind of a weird season. They're working through all these new faces, these transfers, these uh, true freshmen, these sophomores who got a lot of playing time last year. I mean, it's still a pretty relative group and new group working together. So there's just been so many hurdles. And Washington is 1-5 in five this season. They're not having a very good year. They have a former McDonald's All-American on their team in Quad A Green. But, you know, to get a win like that, I think, is huge, both from a psychological standpoint. And, you know, to paper because it just, you know, it's, I, th- I think it was it was almost exactly a decade of the day. I think the last time they won was December 15th, 2010, when they beat Oregon State. And then Wednesday, was December 16th, 2020. So they passed a decade, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, it's just always a big win for a school like that to beat a Pac-12 school. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they handle Arizona next week to round out non-conference play. But as far as, you know, confidence and on paper, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a huge win for the Grizz.
0: Well, here's the thing, Colin. I'm curious your thoughts on this because what was different in this game that Montana Grizz basketball did? Obviously, we know they get the win against Washington, but what, were, what did they do differently or was it all that different from previous games um, as this team only has a couple more non-conference games left?
1: Probably the biggest thing is that it was just a more complete game. You know, they The Grizz, especially in some of these high major games, they tend to start slow and then pick things up and then you know, the second half of the game, they stay pretty competitive or, you know, they stay, they get kind of more into a rhythm and they start playing better. This one, they started fast. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. They, uh, they started more quickly. I, I can't, it, it was like 18 to eight at one point. The Grizz had led and, you know, just to jump out to a lead like that. And then ultimately Washington comes back in the second half, gets rid of that lead. They, Washington retakes a lead, with like four minutes left in the game, I think. And then it's kind of back and forth from there, but like it's so much different to when you're playing with a lead and playing with confidence as opposed to Georgia, where they were down, I think four or they were they were down fifteen to two in like the first like three minutes. and then they still only lose by thirteen points because then they kind of chip away, chip away, make some big shots and are just kind of playing an uphill battle from there. So I think it was just a co- more complete game. Another thing that was kind of interesting was you know they did play with kind of a more solid rotation. They played, you know, six players only played with big minutes with, uh, DJ Carter Hollinger getting 10 minutes to round out seven players. So it was kind of a smaller rotation, same players that kind of played who was hot. And I think, you know, and and less mistakes too. I mean, from a statistical standpoint, they forced Washington into more turnovers, which the Grizz have had some turnover issues this year. They were, they had one less rebound than Washington and all these other games. uh, The Grizz have been getting out rebounded pretty badly. Their defense... Sharp. Their defenses look pretty good all season long so far. And then free throws. I mean, they go 22 for 27 at the line. I mean, that's huge in a game like this. You know, they win by eight and it's, uh, you know, so it was just a multitude of factors. But I, I think, you know, playing a complete game like that definitely helps.
0: Right now, we are with Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports as we are discussing Grizz basketball. Uh, Kyle, obviously, during a regular year, we see a lot of more non-conference games. Uh, So just give me your thoughts here as the Grizz do get ready in a couple of weeks for the Big Sky Conference schedule. They are a team that's been picked uh, to compete for a Big Sky Conference title here. With the lack of non-conference games, do you feel like this team will be able to get it together already, unfortunately, down an 0-2 hole within the conference? Do you think they'll be able to get things going here when they do start on January 2nd against Northern Colorado?
1: So, yeah, because, you know, and I think the Washington game was a, it was a huge turning point. I mean, to get a win, that, that'll that boost your confidence. Now, they can't overlook Dickinson State tonight. Last year, they went on the road. They Arkansas fairly tough. They came back two days later, and they lose to Montana Tech at home. So they can't overlook these NAI schools, and then next week they'll finish up at Arizona. So I, I think with these next couple of games, I think it's just consistency. I mean, how well are they going to keep playing? Are they going to continue what they did against Washington? Or are they going to have some setbacks in terms of the ball over getting out rebounded? you know yeah, like how how are the other rota- rotations going to continue like this or will some other players like Mac and DJ kind of get into the mix? So I think it's just playing that consistent you know mistake free basketball and knocking down your free throws. you know, I did a big story a few weeks ago about how the Grizz foul discrepancy typically goes against them, especially in big Sky games over the last or this the first two games this year last year and, and but not as drastically in seasons past that and you know even way even with how that goes it's like some of these games the Grizz are making their free throws at the same rate as they did against Washington so it's things like that you know you've got to play consistent and then yeah they got to come out firing because you know they're kind of blessed at the beginning of the new year because they have four straight home conference games two with northern Colorado two with northern Arizona so how will they kind of rebound with that? So I think, you know, they show some consistency here. I think that'll be a turning point for a team like this which as I mentioned, was their new faces and, you know, really young
0: as well. Joining us on the Wife is Credit Union hotline to talk about the 25th anniversary of the 1995 National Championship Grizz football team. It is Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports. Kyle, both you and Jack Ginsburg worked on this three-part series uh, commemorating the 25th anniversary of that 1995 National Championship team. So first off, man, I, I just want to know, what was that like putting this together and trying to track down all the people and the key characters that went into that team?
1: It was fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We're we're really blessed at Pax to have Greg Heinzman, our director, who has been there forever, and he's all this archive footage of uh, Grizz football, Grizz basketball, all kinds of... I mean, it's just insane, the archive footage they have. I got a, kind of a first taste of this last year before the Cat Grizz football game, when I did a look back at every Cat Grizz football game, I think since 1986, which is when the Grizz, um, the streak started. And so that was a lot of fun digging through those. But this was also a blast because you look, you know, these games, you look at the roster, you know, of that team, and you see Eureka head coach Trevor Utter was on the team, which I've talked to Trevor a lot. He told me that he played on that team, which, you know, kind of cool to see some familiar names. Blaine McElmurray, I've covered both of his daughters who are standout track athletes at Sentinel School. And then, you know, tracking these guys down actually wasn't that difficult just because a lot of them stick around Missoula. You know, all the guys that we spoke to, are still here aside from Dave Dickinson, who's obviously a head coach in the CFL right now. So, but I mean, it was a blast. It's fun talking and reminiscing because these throwbacks like this, you, you know, you get a look at footage you never saw, you, you see, you know, you can see these guys kind of enjoy talking about it, you know, especially as time goes on for them, I imagine it gets more and more sweet. So we had a lot of fun with that. It was a lot of fun to, on top of, of do a three-part series, we got to build kind of a, you know, a live stream that was, is going to air on our streaming apps. That's about a half hour long, which just extended interviews. Slim Kimmel, one of the digital producers at Montana Sports, did like rosters, photos. We had a lot of help from Eric Haber at U of M in getting us some of the stuff. So we had a lot of help from a lot of people. And, you know, thankfully, because of that, it went by, you know, very smoothly. And we were able to put together, I feel, you know, pretty, a pretty exciting and pretty cool series to commemorate pretty cool, a part of Missoula's history.
0: Kyle, what was something that you learned uh, during this process that you didn't know before?
1: About the, the this team, or
0: yeah, just whatever, whatever something that that was fascinating to you, whether it be on the team, stories between players or coaches, things that maybe happened, uh, maybe that wasn't on the football field.
1: You know, I, it's that's a good question. I just, I mean, you know how dominant Dave Dickinson is, but you, whenever you watch his highlights and look back at some of his stats, and when you kind of do something like this, you really kind of get a a taste of it. You know, you hear about Super Dave all the time being here, but then you get to see that. And, you know, I thought it was also kind of fascinating that the Grizz in their first three playoff games blew teams out and then they go on the road to play Marshall and it's much sooner they have to win on a game-winning field goal with 40 seconds to go. So, it's, you know, things like that where you you kind of learn of like how this got put together. Like I said, I, I found looking at the roster much closer, really fascinating in some of the names I recognized. You know, um, Camden Capser, who was the Billings central kicker, his uncle was on that team. So you have just all these names that you kind of recognize and it's kind of cool. And I, like I said, just kind of going back down those memory lanes is always just kind of fun to see how things were then, because, you know, this is stuff I I would not know if I was not putting the series together.
0: Now bringing it to present day is obviously the University of Montana this past Wednesday with National Sign Day, trying to pr- bring together their class and hopefully in a couple of years or if not sooner, win another national championship in 25 years now to commemorate that team. Uh, what did you think about some of the guys that you saw sign, whether it be with the Bobcats or the Grizzlies? Uh, who are a couple of guys that really kind of stood out to you and, and you can't wait to see?
1: Well, we'll go ahead and start with the Grizz. And I think just talking with Bobby Houck during his press conference on Wednesday, you know, I think. There's been kind of a lot of hype around Kellen Dietrich from Haver, and he was kind of a do-all player for the Blue Ponies. And he just, you, you talked to Bobby, and Bobby said he had, quote, monstrous upside, unquote, which any time a coach says that, he's definitely a player you want to keep an eye on. Um, I know he picked the Grizz over from Mountain West on Pac-12, and he comes from a, his dad played college football at MSU Northern. So I'm excited to see what he does when he comes in. I think he's going to be really kind of an impact, First, the other guy outside of the state that Bobby uh, kind of highlighted is the quarterback, Daniel Britt, who's coming to U of M from Las Vegas. Um, Britt didn't get a chance to play football this year because of the pandemic. But as a junior last year, he basically suffered a really bad face injury, missed five games, came back the team's 0 and 5 when he becomes the starting quarterback. He leads them 10 straight wins. They beat Bishop Gorman in the playoffs, which for those who you know Bishop Gorman, one of these powerhouse schools in Las Vegas that just churns out, you know, high level college talent who eventually go pro. And then they go on to win the 4A Nevada state championship. So Bobby was really, really excited about him. And then, you know, some of these Missoula kids stick around, that was so much fun to cover this year's thing. The five of those kids sign, you know, I think Jace Klusiewicz just his speed alone is going to be something fun to watch the next level. And, Colter Janicaro, I'm excited to see what he does. He's a, he's a big sky player who's stuck around. How he kind of transforms, what they do with him, because he played quarterback and linebacker. And Gino Leonard, another kid who's like a walk-on. But, you know, I think if they can develop him into a pretty solid linebacker, I think he could make some noise. For the Bobcats, I mean, we got kind of a pretty deal on, you know, the, or as signing day opened on Wednesday when Junior Bergen from Billings uh, Senior announced that he was going to MSU. I got to cover Junior a little bit when I was in Billings at the Billings Gazette. Great kid. A lot of fun. He was an insane athlete when he was a sophomore, and so watching the season he had as a senior was just no shock to me because you could just tell um, And talking to coaches. And like I said, just a really great kid. Excited for him, and I thought that was cool that he kind of waited to make his announcement until signing day. And the Cats got a really good one in him. And, And then on top of Junior, I think the Cats getting guys like Kenneth Iden, who... I mean, Kenneth Iden missed three games, came back and still racked up, I think it was 10 sacks, had some, I think 20 tackles for loss, something like that. I mean, he's a difference maker. So I think those are some guys who, you know, could really make an impact, not only with their respective teams, but early on in their careers.
0: Kyle, looking at uh, as we get ready for winter sports here, obviously we haven't had a lot of that. Obviously, you know, this time of year, we might have a couple basketball games here and there, but we haven't had those. No competitions for winter sports until 2021. Lewis and Clark County are already putting out they're only going to allow 25 spectators here. Uh, just give me your thoughts here, you know, with winter sports season. Uh, what do you think? Do you think we're going to get to be able to maybe start on time, be able to get the winter sports season in? Oh, man,
1: that's a good question. <laughs> It's it's the overarching question, and you just never have any idea because the the winter sports are so much different. You know, they're I mean, they are and they aren't because but there's no outdoor sports. You know, wrestling obviously there's a lot of contact, basketball a lot of contact. I, I want to be optimistic and say we will get through it, and I and obviously more more importantly than anything, I hope we can get through it safely. Like I hope no one gets sick. It's it's a bummer, and it's and it's. You know, you don't. You just don't like seeing coaches and players and people put at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you, you know, first and foremost, I hope Buddy stays healthy and safe. That's that's what matters the most. Um, yeah, I think it will start on time. I, you know, I think I think they'll kind of hold kind of a similar perspective, like the, the fall indoor sports is just kind of, you know, try and keep people isolated and, you know, as as the twenty five spectators, like we were talking a little bit off air. Seems about right. If they're going to have any, I think any more would probably be a little dangerous, but maybe going back to that, the home team can have parents in attendance and maybe just kind of go back to that uh, format. So I don't know. I, it's it's a tough question. They're such different sports. I, I hope so. And like I said, I hope everybody stays safe. So we'll we'll just see what happens because, I mean, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm glad we were able to get through the fall sports season, but you never knew. And it just feels like everything is just constantly going to change like we've seen with the Lady Grizz they've had three games canceled already you know I mean and college basketball has been going on for a month at this point they've already mm-hmm. had three games canceled so we'll we'll see what happens
0: no no question about that and again echo the same sentiments hopefully if we do get it started we can do it safely and that nobody gets sick as well uh joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline Kyle Hansen from Montana Sports Kyle if they want to follow your work how can they do that
1: you can follow my work uh, montanasports.com online, and then you can follow uh, our broadcast on K TV. And then also, if you want to follow live game updates or anything like that, you can follow me on Twitter at k hanson four hundred six.
0: Kyle, always a pleasure to chat with you, my man. Really appreciate you taking the time, and looking forward to chatting with you again soon. You have a great rest of your night, man.
1: Yeah, you too. Happy holidays, Anthony.